New Zealand-based home renovation company, 6,593% ROAS. Sydney-based solar company, 2,700% ROAS. Hunter region-based bathroom renovation company, 5,616% ROAS. Melbourne-based building company, 13,182% return on ad spend. Adelaide-based solar company, 2,881% return on ad spend. Guys, the list goes on and on. If you are a trade-based business and you work with projects like roofing, solar, bathroom renovations, kitchen renovations, anything like that, head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Book in a conversation. It is game changing. Business owners rejoice because today we are letting you know that it is actually a fact that in most cases, business owners are the worst people in organizations that should be the ones creating and documenting processes. That should be a revelation to a lot of you guys who have been using that as an excuse for years to not systemize your business. But today we're taking that excuse away. So welcome. You're joining us today for the second episode in the Create Time, Reduce Errors and Scale Your Profits series that I'm conducting with Dave Jennings, the author of Systemology. Now, this is the second episode. In the first episode, we were talking about the true cost of not systemizing. Guys, you are going to absolutely love this series. If you would like to get the opportunity to get your hands on one of these books for free, there has been a competition that's going to be run in the Facebook group for the Site Shed. Head across there. If you're not in the group, join it. Essentially, you can win yourself a nice signed card copy of this book. But it's a fantastic book. I've read it myself. I thoroughly encourage you to do so. There'll be links to the book in the show notes. So if you want to head across there, you can get access to that as well. Guys, enjoy this show. I know you're going to love it. I can't wait to hear your feedback. Today's podcast has been proudly brought to you by Trady Web Guys. Trady Web Guys work with tradespeople only on their websites and marketing solutions to help them stand out from their competition. Everything from web design through to SEO, search engine marketing, content creation, you name it guys. It is a customized solution for trade-based organizations and it's fantastic. Head across to tradywebguys.com.au forward slash apply, fill in the form and let's have a conversation. Giving tradies and contractors around the globe the tools to run a modern business. You're listening to Toolbox Talks from the Site Shed. Now here's your host, Matt Jones. Hello, listeners and viewers. Welcome back to the Sideshed Podcast for part two of the Systemology, Create Time, Reduce Errors and Scale Your Profits series that I'm creating with Dave Jennings, the founder and brains behind System Hub and Systemology. Dave, welcome back. Oh, yes. I feel like we left everybody on a cliffhanger last episode. Dun, dun, dun. So they're hanging for this episode. Oh, be, they will be losing sleep over this for sure. And guys, if you didn't get a chance to listen to episode one, we were talking about the true cost of not systemizing your business. Go and check it out. As always, we structure these series so that these episodes all stem into the previous. So go check that one out and then come back and watch this one. Dave, so we're talking now about why the business owner is the worst person to document processes. That's certainly my experience. 
Yeah, and me too. I think this is, again, and I'll draw on Michael Gerber a few times because I I learned quite a lot from him. So he wrote a book called The E-Myth, and if people haven't listened to that, definitely head over to Amazon, get themselves a copy of that one, and also Systemology as well. So get both books. And Michael, when I worked with him, I realized he's a creative. He comes up with ideas, and he can think about them in his mind, and then he brings them into the world and brings them into reality. What I learned was, even though he is the systems guy, he's very well known for systems and process. The whole idea of the e-myth is building business that works based on systems as opposed to the business owner. And I found out as I worked with him, he's not a very detail-orientated systems person. And he is a guy who is considered the poster child of business systems and processes, yet he's got his team around him that really focus on that piece for him. And then it it kind of gave me permission to go, I can still have a systems-centered business and I don't have to be a detail-orientated documentation guru who creates these systems. And I, in fact, I realized that I'm not that best person to do it. And what I've fallen in love with as a business owner is the result that the systems give me. I love organized businesses that I can count on things being done a certain way and we deliver to a certain standard and we can deliver consistent value to clients that we get paid for on a consistent basis. I get excited by that idea and scaling and all those sorts of things, but I'm not a write out the bullet points and detail for for a system or a process. So when I realized that, I kind of dug into it more and found I'm not unique in that way. Most business owners are oftentimes, there's another book called Traction and the author's got a few, his name's Gino Wickman, but he he wrote another book called Rocket Fuel. And he talks about these two individuals. He calls them visionaries and integrators. And a visionary is a big picture person. They see a problem out there in the world. They decide to start a business to solve that problem. They, you know, get to work. They're hustlers. They do whatever they need to do to get things moving. Then you've got the yin to their yang, which is the the detail-orientated operations person. Oftentimes, they're two separate people. That's my Melissa. I found her in the agency, and she ran the agency incredibly well. So as the creative and the thinker and, let's say, the founder or the visionary, the person listening to this now can just go, oh, yeah, okay, well, maybe I'm not that detail-orientated systems person. That's okay, I just need to find that person and then empower them to really drive this initiative forward. Because the truth is, you know systems and processes are important. I mean, you heard Matt preach this hundreds and hundreds of times before. You know you've got to get it in place, but for whatever reason, you haven't done it. There are some roadblocks. There are some things that are stopping you. And a big part of that is you feeling like you're the one who needs to do it. So let's Get that out of the way right now by just saying, hey, you're the worst person to do this and that's okay. So let's find someone who's good at it and get them to do it. There's something so refreshing, isn't there, when you can see something that you've set up as a process actually working. I geek out on it so hard and I just I feel like I just want to crack a beer every time we see something that runs effectively and efficiently with as, as something that's been set up and I haven't had to actually even have a hand in it, you know. And it's such a, an amazing revelation. One thing I I took immense pleasure in in the digital agency once Melissa took over, I loved when I would hear about a client that I had never chatted with or done any work (laughs) with, where the lead had come in, 
Someone had had a discussion with them. They'd sold them, onboarded them, started delivering the project, and they might be in the final stages or handover or someone had a question. And I'm like, I don't even know who this person is. Yeah. But they're a client of our business. Like that, for me, was such a fantastic thing as a business owner. And what makes it challenging for a lot of business owners is they are usually the person on the tools. Like maybe, you know, they're apprentice, they work under someone for a little while, they go, well, you know, I'm, I'm a carpenter here, I'm really good at this. They look at their boss and they go, hey, my boss is a bit of a nimrod, so I've done my apprenticeship now, maybe I'll go start my own business. They go start their own business and they can, they're a fantastic carpenter, but then very quickly they realise there's a difference between doing carpentry work and then running the business side of things, getting the leads, selling, sourcing product, recruiting team, managing finances. Like there's so much to it. That's the bit where I think people kind of get stuck and the business owner feels like they need to be the person who does it all. That's disempowering. And it's the same in the trade. Like a carpenter isn't going to do plumbing work. A carpenter isn't going to, you know, do electrical work. You, you find the specialist who does that trade and it's the same in your business. You want to have those key team members around you who, who is good at what they do. I think that's like one of the fundamental, I mean, obviously my experience is trade and I know, all we, you know, we're primarily talking to people within that trades and construction industry through this podcast, but my experience is that's certainly relevant, like vertical specific. It's not vertical specific, you know, Liz. My experience coming up doing a trade was, you know, they teach you the tools of the trade. They teach you how to, you know, and then you learn on the job how to do, you know, how to how to apply it and that kind of stuff. But no, at no point are you really told how to run a business. And I think like what you just said then, it's a really big problem. I mean, it's a problem and it's kind of a blessing, I suppose, as well, because, you know, you've got, you know, all these people that, jump out of, they think, oh, I'm going to run a business because I'm really good at plumbing. I can do a better job, but not having any idea, then they essentially go out of business and then end up back as an employee or something like that. But then, or on the other side, you know, you get people that go in into the business, not understanding business. And what's the first thing that happens? Well, we can't get any work, so we lower our price. And then it becomes this price war, which is what you see out you know, in, in the marketplace of people that just fundamentally don't understand the costs associated with running a business because they have to learn through a school of hard knocks, which is what a lot of people do. And then it gets compounded because they've lo- lowered their cost. There's no way that they can make the numbers up unless they are the person delivering, doing the work. And now they're stuck even more. Yeah. Like they're, they're further entrenched because now the only way to try and get someone on board who's going to be able to deliver to that standard, the numbers don't quite work. So then you try and make it work with apprentices and then you get frustrated because the apprentice doesn't really know they're there to learn. And then it just gets more and more frustrating. Price dropping is very rarely the solution if you're not getting enough clients through the door. I think like fundamentally from a business owner's point of view, you know, the reason that I've over the years learned through people like yourselves, the importance of systems is that once you employ systems into your business, you get a really good understanding of like the process of relevant tasks, which also sort of ties you down into even subliminally, you know, how to price things properly because you understand the work that's involved. And so even by, I think, deploying you know, that mindset around systemology and how to create systems and processes, you really do get a good in-depth understanding of like requirements, time spent, team allocation, costs of material, all that kind of stuff, which kind of forms this little ecosystem of business, which is super important, you know. And I think without that, you really are start starting you behind the eight ball. I love to always come back to this idea of if your business is 
a collection of systems, then any problems that you're experiencing in your business are a direct result of running those systems, whether or not they're written down or not. So if you have lead generation problems, or rather, if you don't have enough leads, you probably have poor lead generation systems. If you have problems with frustrating clients always on the phone chasing you up, when is this job going to be done? Well, maybe you have poor onboarding systems for the way that you're setting the expectations for the clients on how the job will run and what to expect at where. All problems, if it's cash flow, you probably have some poor money management systems. All problems relate back to at the system level. So first is to become aware of them and then it makes it much easier to then go to work on them. And we use something like the critical client flow as a way to limit your focus. Because, I mean, we've talked now, we're halfway through episode number two, and someone's probably thinking, okay, well, where do I actually get started? What is that first step? Because there's truckload that we could be working on. And I've got a tool, we talk about it in chapter one of the book, Systemology. We call it the critical client flow. And the idea, someone, I mean, you don't even have to buy the book. I'll I'll tell you how to do the exercise right now. But you should. Um, you definitely should. Go, definitely go, go to Amazon, get yourself a copy of the book because that's how you get into the competition that Matt's going to be running. Exactly. So on that A4 bit of paper in the top left-hand corner, write down who your dream client is, that target audience. Just think of one primary person or, or group. Then think about a primary product or service that you like selling to that dream client that would be a great introduction to your products and services? What is the gateway product into what you do? Once you're clear on that, dream client and target product or service, then we just work down the page and we're looking to describe the linear journey that the client and the business go through to deliver that core product. So we think at the top of the page, just imagine a series of little boxes here and you only want to write a few words in each box. We're not, you don't want to overcomplicate this. This is very simple stuff. So you'd think, well, how do you get attention? You might go, I use SEO. I run some ads in a local newspaper. You know, I do some radio ads, you know, at the top of the page, you just list those down and then you move down the page. The next one you think about, well, how do I handle the inquiry that comes through? Is it the inquiry comes from the phone or maybe it's an email and what happens then? Then you move down? How do you then qualify the person or bring them into a sales process? Do you meet with them over the phone, ask them for a few questions and then go out and price up a job and quote it and do whatever? Okay. Then after that, how do you follow them up? Once you've sent out that pricing quote, then we keep moving down. Once they're ready to go, do you issue an invoice out up front or you're probably, you know, in the trade space, usually you wait until the completion of the job or maybe you have some milestones depending on the size of the job. Then how do you onboard the client? Like once they've actually paid, like how do you book them into the booking system and, you know, then you need to go out and show up on on time and do you need to pre-order your materials before you get there and all those sorts of things. Then there's like the doing of the work and then finally then think about repeat work and getting the client to come back and like a handover. So it's that linear journey, critical client flow. If you map that out on a bit of paper, if you can't get it onto an A4 bit of paper, you're overcomplicating it. Keep it very simple. And then that becomes almost like your roadmap. Just start off with systemizing that because if you can systemize to the point where the business can make money without the business owner, now we have something that's a little bit more scalable. And you can get even more focused than that if 
If you've got particular problems inside your business that you're aware of, then you can narrow into the part of the critical client flow that addresses that problem. So you might go, I don't have enough leads. Well, it's pretty obvious when you do a critical client flow that you've only got one box up the top that says referrals and you don't have any other way that you're getting business. Well, of course, and it becomes obvious and now you can focus in on there. So the critical client flow is, it's more just kind of like the boundary on the footy field. You just know you don't want to go outside that. The game happens inside. So we just focus on getting that part first. And so with that, and I know in the book you talk about critical client flow for specific deliverables that you like certain services so you try and do one for each different offering or something like that is that the idea it is i always say to if this is the first time you're going through systemology just pick the dream client and one product because you'll actually find some of the systems will actually for other product lines be the same like the way that you invoice someone is going to be pretty much the same regardless of the product or the service so you're right a little bit further down the line you might do it for different product lines But initially, I say, you know, let's say you're a locksmith and maybe you have a bunch of different things that you do. You fit locks, you help people get into their cars, you you do a bunch of things. But you might go, you know what, my best job is emergency, middle of the night, come and get me into my house because I've locked myself out of the house. Well, that might be we do the critical client flow for that first. I think a revelation for a lot of people. (laughs) And to be fair, most people would probably know they'd be sitting here watching this or listening to this going, I know I need a better process around this. This sucks. Yes, yeah. And then that's when you go to someone like Matt because Matt's seen this in so many different trades-based businesses. He might go, oh, yeah, this is the way that you want to do that bit. Or you might go, I don't have enough leads. And Matt will go, well, you've got to build your website like this. Like depending on what the problem is, Matt now gets systemology where he can then tailor it to this particular industry probably better than anyone. I think as well, though, fundamentally, like understanding the methodology that's within the book, I think it's much better having conversations with people that understand the framework. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I think it's it's kind of like a life skill for you guys out there. <laughs> Go read the book. And that I feel with business, systemology is effectively the building block of small business. Right. I talk in terms of the departments and you think of your business as different departments and you think of it in terms of systems like that that is the fundamental of business. You then layer in, you know, systems or process. There's that guy, The Prophet. If you haven't watched him, he's good fun. He runs a TV show and he talks about process, people and product, I believe it is. Man, I wish I had a dollar for every expert that has their three Ps. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The process is a critical part. Then you get a great product or service that actually solves a problem. And then you layer in good people and you've just got a, a killer combination. Where most people go wrong is they have pieces of it and they don't get all bits to click together and then they wonder why it's not quite working for them. Maybe they've got great people, but they don't really have great process, so, so there's no clear direction for them to do it. Or maybe they've got great process, but they've got a really crappy product. If you're delivering a crappy product, you, you'll get found pretty quickly. So yeah, you want to layer those three together. I mean, in the tail end, the idea of, for this episode, the business owner being the worst person in their company to do the documentation, using the critical client flow method, recognizing that 
the business owner maybe isn't the best to do the documentation. We've now created a map that you can go to or find some team members and say, this is what we want to capture. Just like I talked about with Dave from Portovac. I can't remember if that was this episode or the previous one, but he got Kane, his apprentice, to effectively go through the systemology process and then shadow team members, record it and document it, and it got him out of the process, and that was a game changer for him. Mm -hmm. Well, look, in the next episode, we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the myths around systems, and I suppose the primary one, which is, you know, it, it can remove creativity from the business. I know a lot of people think that. They're like, well, my business is just going to turn into this robot. You and I both know that it's far from the truth. In, in fact, it compounds creativity because it frees you up so much from so much stuff that's just dragging you to the bottom of the ocean. So that's going to be a great episode. Just to recap on this episode, definitely go back and have a look at this critical client flow. Go and get the book. I think on Amazon at the moment, it's like five bucks or something. It's super cheap with the launch. And if you're not in the Facebook community, go ahead and do that because we're going to do a launch for some hard copies of the book as well. So you can get hold of one of, one of those. Where can people get hold of you? Yeah, best place, just systemology.com forward slash book. Yep. From there, links through to socials. If you've got any questions, you can jump over to Amazon to get the book. If you're if you're more of an audio person, like let's say you're out you know, in the field or you're in the car or you're on a job, we do have the audible version of the book, so you can just listen to it. I've even got a, a podcast, uh, Business Processes Simplified, if you want to geek out on that sort of stuff. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, uh, Dave, thanks for your time. We're going to come back to the third and final episode of the Create Time, Reduce Errors, and Scale Your Profit series. Look forward to that, folks. Thanks again, Dave. Thank you for listening to another episode of Toolbox Talks. If you're liking what you hear, then you can head across to the siteshed.com where you can join our community by signing up to our Toolbox Talks. Uh, you'll get sent a weekly notification which is basically a highlight of everything that we've spoken about during that week along with any other industry news that may be relevant or specific to the trades if you're enjoying the show you can head across to itunes stitcher or soundcloud where you can leave us a review uh, that would be fantastic and all the reviews get read out in the show uh, likewise if you have any friends or colleagues that you think would benefit from the show and the the episodes that we create then please go ahead and share it with them Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please, if you did, head across to iTunes and leave us a review. We would very much appreciate that. Anyway, if you are a project-based trade business and you work in solar or bathroom renovations or kitchen renovations or roofing or something along those lines, and you would like to see some of the results that we've been showcasing in our marketing on for your business, thousands of percent return on ad spend, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, 13,000% return on ad spend, please head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. That's tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. It will be well worth the conversation and I can't wait to chat with you. Ciao.